Welcome to Samavaya, a podcast about the inspiring lives of Asia Society's Asia 21 Young Leaders from South Asia. Through a series of in-depth conversations with change makers from across sectors and geographies, Samavaya goes beyond their achievements and accolades to explore the core values that drive the inspiring work of leaders with diverse backgrounds. Samavaya means to come together, to flock together. In these episodes, we hope to traverse the landscapes of their personal journeys to uncover shared values that will guide us towards a more just future. My name is Savera Veerasinghe, and I will be your host navigating these honest and open conversations. Today we have with us Indira Ramnagar from Kathmandu, Nepal. She is a renowned social worker and the chairperson of Prisoners Assistance Nepal, which has established 12 children's homes, two schools, four daycares, and several other social projects to help prisoners and their children. Indira, by all definitions, is a supermom, having loved and nurtured over 1,000 children who have not only achieved great heights in their own right, but also continue to nurture the children that come after them. From having taught herself to read, to having set up nurturing homes, community gardens, and farms, and cooking meals for thousands, Indira is a shining beacon of an example that absolutely anything is possible if it is met with love. She was awarded the World Children's Honorary Award in October 2014 by Queen Sylvia of Sweden. She is also an Ashoka Fellow and was recognized on BBC's list of 100 women in 2017. This conversation with Indira showed me the vast extent of what is possible when it is love and absolute humility that drives the work you do. I was born in the uh, extremely poverty. Uh, my parents are they migrated from the mountain to the Tarai near to the border side of the uh, India, uh, West Bengal, border side of Nepal, uh, India and Nepal. So there was a big jungle, and uh, as I remember, I grew up with a, a lot of jungles around. And so when I was a child, I and my parents they are busy with working in a farm, doing like a teenage farming, working other places. So always I I was always left out alone, and I try to uh, play with a sometimes dog, cow. As I remember, and I, I was when I grow, uh, grew up uh, as a little girl, and I have to work about the uh, household, and I have to go jungle, bring wood, I have to take care of the animals like that. But uh, my brother, they used to go to school, and that's as a child, you know, for my very um, young child uh, brain, you know, uh, I couldn't think, you know, like, uh, what is, what's happening this? Why my brother, they go to school and why uh, I cannot go, you know, because I didn't understand because I'm a girl and they, they are boys, you know. So that's, I feel like injustice first step, you know, that makes me so many questions. And then I have seen that injustice uh, around the, like uh, in my, uh, how uh, around my neighborhood also, like a woman always like uh, subjected to like, um, like a third uh, citizen, and they are like uh, treated by badly as a husband, you know. And I seen a lot of domestic violence also surrounding. And then in my mothers, they used to hear because they are girls, you know, they are women like that. And but I was really stubborn. I don't want to tolerate all these things. And then always I try to find the solution. How can we 
am I strong? You know, like my brother. If my brother they carrying the wood, I can carry also wood. And if my brother they ploy, then I do also. So this is Eloise. You know, it's not like an ego. Eloise, I try to take as a uh, compare comparison. My brother, I can do it like a man. You know, so so Eloise, I had I had a um, you know thought that you know I will prove my parents. You know, I'm a good as well my brother. So and then the I learn with my brother. The brother used to go to school, and I try to find the way. How can I learn myself also educate myself? So my younger brother, they he started to taught me uh, how to read and write. And always I convince, I make a nice breakfast for him, you know, because I used to work in the house. So that way I convinced him, and he was also very supportive me. And then I uh, I used to write with a stick and on the ground sometime, you know, uh, coil, you know, so wherever I get anything because we have, we are, my brother also, they didn't have a um, stationary, like a proper, like a material, they, my parents couldn't afford, but they still, they used to go to school. So it was a very hard time. And uh, that makes me actually, that problem makes me uh, actually strong, I think, you know, uh, but now I compare my childhood life and now I see other children. I think, I was a more privileged. That time I thought that I'm not privileged, but now I think I'm the more privileged than children now, you know? So because I can running around the jungle and river, I can swim, I, I have a freedom, you know, to go around, I can scream, I can shout, I can sing. So that environment, I got it, you know, natural environment. So that makes me more strong and what I'm here now, I think that's all my childhood experience. And I got a chance to, uh, uh, my older brother and he became a teacher in a school so he bring a headmaster and then the so I had a conversation with the headmaster so uh, he was asking me oh you are going to school or not and I said even I don't go I know how to read and write and that time I got an opportunity to go and I went grade five directly and then everyone you know the like who are like a, a committee member of the school they say uh, she cannot go grade five you know she never study and no, I said, I want to go grade five. I know how to read and write. And then, uh, but uh, it was a lot of objection. But uh, uh, when I, uh, the headmaster uh, willing to admit me in a grade five. And uh, finally, I uh, uh, I was a topper in the class. So everyone saw surprised, you know. Oh, it's a miracle. How can she did it like this? So that's why in my education door is open. And then I continue my study, but it was a lot of struggle to continue to finish uh, SLC, living certificate at that time. And then after that also, my brother uh, wants to, uh, I think she should now marry and uh, so she cannot go further. But I had a very determination to go continue. And then I left the village as a young girl and uh, near to the my uh, city, there was a, another Domok city. And so I got a, uh, chance to study their uh, metric and then I I worked in the village but uh, there was a lot of struggle so I couldn't um, really lost my uh, uh, I got a teacher uh, I was compete uh, for the teacher so I got uh, but again they took my job so and I have to leave my village so I left the village and came to Kathmandu when I was 18 years old you mentioned the education door was open, but it seems like you really pried it open for yourself. 
many time I had a, even I was in school, I had a no pen and pencil. I used to help my other friend, you know, how, you know, homework because I was a, uh, good with the math and other subject. I was uh, always uh, uh, give a focus for study and they were playing and like that. But I always, after break time also, I studied. That's why also uh, I used to, uh, you know, get uh, like a pencil from my friends. That was also very difficult. And uh, when I came to Kathmandu also, and then I started to look for a job. And uh, uh, it was very difficult to get a job. So I started to teach tuition. So I started to get money, and then I tried to find a university to go for the study. Where do you feel like you got had this sense of equity? You know, if, if they can do it, I can do it. And I'm willing to work harder if it's necessary to be on the same playing field. Um, and do you think there's any connection with that freedom you spoke about that you got from just being outdoors in, and in nature and not just in nature, but just being able to be wild and, and free? Yeah, I, I used to call, you know, so I'm a girl child, but I was not shy and I was never frightened. And, uh, you know, I had a ego. So why I why woman cannot study? And then I learned what woman has to learn, you know. I, I learned to swim. I learned to, you know, play boxing, you know, with the bamboo trees, you know, go around. And always I used to run around the, you know, in the field, you know. So uh, a lot of things I did, like what my brother. And that, you know, like a physical fitness also very strong, you know, empower us, to inspire us. Oh, I can do it, you know, like that. I was uh, really stubborn, actually. They called me jungle girl also. Jungle, you know, they called me jungle because, you know, I, I was very outspoken. Yes, uh, my 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 ma- mother and my father and my sister has to stop me. Stop, stop, you know. But I still speak, you know, what I want, you know. Never I afraid, you know. And I think that's uh, all the environment, you know, what i seen, you know, I was uh, innocent. And uh, I think uh, that, gives me more power to be like uh, outspoken and uh, now I feel that you know that everything in my childhood gives me the freedom. I think it's something about being really connected with your nat- with the natural environment that you truly see your, your true place in the scheme of things your true role not some role that someone says you can or can't do this whatever you can do and whatever resilience it creates in you it it takes out those narratives of, of you're a girl, so you can do this, or you're, you know, high caste, low caste. It, it doesn't see any of those things. Um, and so I, I also want to ask you, you know, at what age do you feel like you were able to recognize this feeling of injustice? And has, how has that kind of continued with you, of that feeling of injustice? And Eight years old, actually. I, uh, then I start to feel the injustice, you know, like, uh, you know, my brother used to go to school. I, I mentioned that. And my neighbor also, like a woman are beaten by the men, you know. So that's really un, um, unacceptable for me, even though I was young. So that makes me also like a, a lot of, you know, I'm a not, not like a soft nature uh, person also. I think sometimes I'm a very aggressive also, like, uh, you know, when I was a teenage and walking, in the street, men, they want to uh, flaunt me and they want to touch me. And I just go and fight, you know. I don't think anything, but uh, I don't know where power co- used to come, you know. You know, I, I used, I grew up, you know, near to the army camp. 
and army alloys when they see the young beautiful girls they want to uh, plot and they want to just try to grab me and i many time i fight and I, even i just uh, take the dust and throw it their eyes and i was a very like i was a fighter you know but the time gives me a lot of like a uh, kindness and i was kindness but uh, in terms of like a uh, you know the you know you know gender perspective i was a really aggressive and very tough and men normally even the my classmates never they even they love me they like me never they express my with me feelings so they say, we, we we can't say i love you who can who can say i love you to indira like that you know so i was really, really kind of you know i i do not accept all these things you know and i was really focused you know i had to study i have to go further and then i have to support other girls like uh, me you know who and because i got a chance to go to school but uh, many girls they didn't get chance to go to school and what i started to do i collect uh, one rupees and uh, because there is uh, no electricity in uh, in vile i started to tease all the girls you know who are not going to school but i you know uh, that time you know i have uh, no capability you know so i don't know what is the social work i don't know wait from you know but only i know the you know problem taught me i have to do it you know i, I learn so my girls also my uh, my friends also has to learn so i taught them you know and that time also i got a blame oh this indira teaching our girls and uh, and uh, she prepared to run away from the home she's a bad bad girls you know and i was, uh, I was saying i'm a, if someone say bad girl if i i know my heart is in the right place so i try to do something for the girls you know so not with a big plan you know i have a very small you know uh, way of i face and these girls also face same problem so i have to do something for my friends you know so but they uh, i got a lot of problem you know girl shipping my parents also has to bear that but always i feeling that you know i never like a, a tolerate you know by people's control you know if i self control so nobody can do anything if i my heart is the right place if i'm doing one day can people will understand that that's kind of a feeling uh, already developed when i was a teenager it seems like that sense of equity always comes from a deep place of of compassion but then it also requires you to build this fierceness um and a hard exterior on the outside to actually be able to fight for the equity and i start to teach there and uh, but i know um, uh, like a like a physical uh, i mean uh, how do i explain that i look like a village girl you know so this is a something uh, like a uh, sucking for parijat you know i was uh, uh, because i used to wear like a inside pant and outside is a kurta so in a pant is easy for me to walk around and run if to defend myself my dress up also like uh, you know the i have to wear like i have to be like a woman because uh, of the uh, you know mandatory of the villager you know so i have to woman you know so but still i inside i used to wear pant and uh, but it was a uh, very rough and then my i did have a proper slipper and I, but i was a very sporty i used to teach sport to the parijat was watching me but i didn't know before parijat so i met parijat and then parijat uh, asked some question yeah. where you came from and i said i came from bilas but i want to be independent uh, i don't want to depend with the men i want to study myself not for others you know and now i'm over 18 so i i can manage my study myself so i don't have to depend with any man or anybody that's 
that I have awareness, yeah, that time. So I never get a sponsor also. I always fight for myself, for my education, for everything. So now you've come to Kathmandu, you're 18 or so, and you're uh, teaching. How did you come to meet Parijat? But also, who is Parijat? And what role has she played in, in your life? Actually, Parijat is a renowned um, uh, writer in Nepal and she's a human rights activist. And, uh, and but she couldn't move because she has a physical weakness, something, you know. Her, and she could not work properly uh, or try something, you know, she got that disease. Actually, I don't know huh, what happened to her, but uh, she could not um, work, could not write uh, her hand also, like she has to write. You know, it's always inspired, Paris that inspired me, you know. She, her hand is uh, normally, she cannot uh, hold anything, but uh, she holds the pen and writing in all the articles, books, you know, she, that inspired me a lot also. And I'm a, I am a physically very all right, so I have to do more than Paris I, that way I was, Eloise, I used to think that way. So she's my inspiration. Actually, um, I met her also in when I was a, became a teacher in Kathmandu. So she was the same school because her, that school was her sister's school. So that way I got to meet her. So Parijat is this prolific writer, correct me if I'm wrong, and she's part of this kind of movement for justice for uh, prison workers. Right. And so what kind of work were you uh, engaging with her? So she meets this feisty young Indira who's wearing pants on the bottom and dress on top. <laughs> She's clearly taken up with you. Um, and so she uh, well, she invites you to come work with her? Yeah, uh, she always watched me, you know, when I was uh, teaching children, uh, I used to play with the football, uh, volleyball with the kids and all like that. And she invited me and so, and I, she asked me and I said, I came from Bulez, I want to be independent and, uh, but I want to uh, do something for my country and for women, uh, women's rights. And she said, oh, you should work with me. And that time nobody used to work as a volunteer. And she was a human rights activist. Uh, um, and then uh, she, uh, she got some uh, uh, project to do that in the prison for mentally ill women, you know. And then the, the mostly she involved for the uh, uh, political, uh, um, you know, at that time, a lot of political uh, revelation happening in our country in 1990. And she asked me to go and collect the information, you know, how many people are arrested, you know. And so I used to go and uh, uh, bring the information. But first time when I went to the prison, I, I saw the children, you know, behind the bar. And that made me uh, really change my life, you know. I never thought that you know children, innocent children can be behind the bar because of convicted parents. So my heart was broken. You know, I thought I'm under two delays and oh, I I came wow. uh, came for the poverty wow. and I so wow. but I found these children are more under uh, under two delays, a most a worse condition. They are living in the dirty prison, very uh, not well feeling. You know, so uh, make me so sad. And then I seen the woman there. Not, they don't have a proper dress. They don't know how to speak and they don't know which case they are in a prison. And that made me more shocking, you know. And then they don't know which case they are in a prison. Uh, so uh, what type of a justice system we have? 
and that's uh, that's makes me more like a uh, uh, gives uh, you know change my life. Um, before I used to uh, I think that I'm a woman. I have to fight for the women's right and uh, for education rights for the girls. You know. So uh, when I've been in a prison and uh, I start to more aware about the, how can I fight for these women, vulnerable women who are, you know, end up in a prison, even they don't know, they are illiterate, they don't know how to read and write, they don't know which case they are in a prison. And many women, uh, they are raped by their own brother-in-law and their father-in-law and they have a miscarriage, uh, abortion case, they will end up in a prison. And uh, that made me very sad. I, uh, and then the woman, like a husband, they do the business, like a drug dealing, all these things, and they put the drug in the home and then police arrest the woman. So that is also a lot of cases I found like that. And most of the women there, I feel that uh, they were like uh, just coming from the village or some are uh, poor, poor slum areas, you know, and not like a um, very educated woman, not like a, they could not pre-plan for the crime. And they are not a criminal, they are a survivor. That's I thought that. And that's why I'm more like involved with the ordinary prison and children, how I, uh, how I can save them, how I give them a better life. That way it's that way, I think. Yeah, that's why I, I'm growing big. And so I learn a lot of things. And every time, you know, my learning and challenge gives me more ideas than I plan, you know. I will not like a plan and I, okay, I do this. I have no pre-plan. When I go to visit the prison, I see the problem and I start to think, how can I solve this problem? So this, this way I create the problem. My whole project is created by that way. So. And now how many, uh, you're in many different venues. Right. We have a, a 15 different children home. Uh, and then we have a school. I started daycare center. I started daycare center in uh, inside the prison too, because you know when I was working in a prison, um, at that time no one can allow inside the prison because, and I used to go always and uh, visit the prisoners and the children. I try to find a place for the children, and they slowly uh, the police and the like a government officer also is uh, uh, start to admire my work. But at the beginning, as a, I'm a young girl and I was. Um, insulted, you know, embarrassed many times, you know, they treated me very badly, you know, but I never give up, you know, it's so hard. Now also, I have to, if they don't know me, they still they try to treat me badly, but I fight now, uh, people knows me, and I, I know how to answer now very well, but that time I was very young, so it's so difficult to, uh, you know, like convince people, but uh, I didn't give up. It's uh, That is a different struggle I have, you know, different series in my life, you know, and then the uh, people start to understand me, and then the, I got a chance to go inside the prison and to uh, caring the mentally ill women also. So I start to comb their hair, cut their nail, and the, every Saturday, Sunday when I would get a holiday for my school, and then the, um, and I used to clean them, you know. So and the woman they used to stay that time, you know, like a horse stable. You know, Rana's time, you know, horse is stable. Yeah. So the, they used to put women uh, there, you know. So they used to, some mental ill women, I was uh, tied by the, you know, all the nail, you know, iron nail. And a very, like, um, I can't imagine that, you know, life, like a, as a human being, you know, they live that way and they're innocent. They don't know anything, you know. 
So that also, Eloise, you know, the people's problems inspire me and uh, Eloise inspire me to do more things and uh, how can I make their life comfortable? How can I be their friend? Uh, I can be their family. And that's, you know, I was inspired by uh, Eloise like that way, you know. So and uh, I, I start to talk to the women and they tell every woman has an own story, um, very sad story, you know. Some of the women in uh, uh, women trafficking case, and they already they sold in India by their husband, their brother. They sold them in India, and then when they come back, you know, when they have HIV, they have some disease, and they thrown to the uh, from the you know brothel to the you know, border side of Nepal, and and police arrest them again. So so many like uh, different people's you know the story, very painful story. Uh, and uh, you know that's why I I didn't study sociology and uh, social work and all these things. I did a become master my my major subject was marketing, but I was doing social work in the prison actually. And then uh, I realized I think oh, I I didn't study like a university big uh, university and master degree, but uh, my university is a prison, and my book are is individual prisoners and childrens. There that they are my books. I mean, it seems like you have beyond a PhD in, you know, meeting everything that you encounter with love. It's like an unending source of incredible love that you're meeting all of these people and situations. Um, and I actually related to that question, having seen, you know, children in so many different circumstances and having worked with them for so long, what do you think every child needs many children home like a prison you know they're like an institutional care system even uh, not normal not uh, i'm not talking about the children of dependent children of prisoners but a lot of children who are uh, boarders you know they the parents are busy they put their children in boarding school and they have uh, no time uh, weekly monthly also they don't have a time to spend with the children these children also like a vulnerable they also like in a prison for me you know, the, I think each individual children really need their attention, like uh, individual care and love. So, and parents has to be responsible for that, I think. It's not only prison children. That's why I say, Eloise, uh, the uh, children, um, I, you know, children, they, when we rescue them, we have to see the different level of the service. I rescue the children. I cannot be everyone's mother. So why what we do we always try to arrange meeting with the mothers, and uh, normally we don't want to take children under uh, under five years. Uh, but if a mother was killed by father, many children I raised to young age, a mother was killed by father, and sometimes you know mother are like under fifteen. Mother also like a child. She was raped by someone, and pregnant, and she wants to be abortion. And that case, you know, if uh, abortion. Uh, our law is after three months they cannot uh, uh, I cannot do abortion. So those kind of kids also I raised like a young baby. But uh, normally, if mother is not uh, like a mentally, uh, if she doesn't have a mental problem, she's okay. Then these children should be in a prison. And again, I thought alternative is to uh, doing a, a daycare center so they can have a mother's love night. They can play uh, sleep with the mother. And mother can have enough time to take care of them. So we give them nutrition, food, and we give them daycare center. So education also inside prison. And when they are five years old, and then we bring them uh, in our home. 
but we don't want to bring them as a stranger you know we regular visit them and we children start to know us that's why i regular visit prison so children has to know me so they we can't just uh, grab the children you know like a, as a stranger and that affect the children lot lot you know they are traumatized a lot of children traumatized and they are aggressive and affect all their life because they don't understand why they are separating why they are making separate with the parents so so it's different level we have to think about the children it's not like a just we okay we have a shelter we have a food we have a education we sending to school and that's why a lot of problems children comes uh, we can see the children, uh, problem of children yeah. yeah it seems like you pray play the role of this mother to over 1000 people with individual relationships cultivating trust and respect we take them in every festival yeah every festival we are in meeting and every day every saturday they call each other we children they make a drawing and we send to the mother and we are at the same time we healing the mothers too also you know the watchlen children send the letters and the mother will happy and even drawing you know sometimes photos of the kids and they will be happy to see that and and they believe that their children are safe and you know you know they are all, you know they are living with us you know everything they get what their, their children has to get it and that that way they are they start to see their happiness you know you're talking about you know healing these mothers and going to these children and and healing them as well cultivating trust what do you think that we all need to become you know better human citizens to be become better human beings from what you've seen this work with the kids you know if a delivery woman in prison i start to support her for nutrition food everything what she needed and when she delivery and we support children from the beginning of you know when the children are in the uh, um, over you know so uh, I, my belief is we need to take care of children from the beginning and we need to create good environment for them uh, like uh, you know now our, our you know some we have a city children home in the kathmandu but many of our children out of kathmandu near to the nature near to the river so they there is a no wall you know so they can grow you know with the community they can communicate with the other community children also so i'm looking for the stigma also to reduce to keeping them in community so we have a 15 children home but near to the nature if you go in my side in a facebook if you look for palpa there is a beautiful river beautiful jungle and then we have a farm we grow food so same like other normal children can grow i raise them that way and the children have all the knowledge you know how to cultivate how to do life skill you know so that uh, and gives you know they learn with the nature kindness you know nature always uh, if we raise children with the nature children uh, we raise them as with a one kind human you know they take care they take care animal they take care nature they take care of uh, course people you know so uh, sharing environment you know so and now we are opening like a, you know jim carrey firefly school the idea is a firefly is a, it's not a school name it's my vision i learned all my life you know so i have seen different kind of children the some are red line children some area children um, and then children from prison so no matter where from they came you know every children has a unique potential so 
like you know they came with the darkness you know i mean you know the poverty and a lot of you know um like uh, injustice in their life but they have something beautiful inside and uh, we have to uh, explore these things you know through the ed education uh, and uh, to creating good environment for them to heal them with the nature and uh, uh, communicating them every day and giving them respect and uh, so we never talk about the racism and uh, about the caste for them my children sometimes you know some foreigner came and asked which caste you are and the my children replied them what is the caste we don't know <laughs> about the caste they say i don't like if i don't want to talk about the caste with my kids you know we eat together i cook myself you know because i shouldn't be busy the cooking i should do other things but i love to cook you know that's uh, that's also healing you know children see that i'm cooking good food and always i try to find the um good recipe how i make good food and oh i'm a cook nice food and even in a covid time i was cooking like a thousand people per day and you know and uh, always packaging a nice uh, i only two thing you know like uh, sometime we put uh, egg and sometime uh, saturday and sometime chicken also something a lot of people like chicken and then the but uh, I make like a two thing, you know, rice and curry, but a mixed curry, all the protein I put it there and tasty, I make tasty. And everybody call Amako Khana. That's a recently hour I got it because I feeding over 500,000 people and during COVID time, I cook myself and I'm taking every time in the street and giving food. And same time I take care of my children also because I had a 15 children home. I cannot go other home because of the COVID because of the virus but i have to take care of my children in where i live all young children and then beside that because i have to do a lot of work uh, otherwise i can't this <laughs> because i have to work you know i can't just and then uh many times i was uh, trying to stop by police uh, and then like uh, you know the local government they say you cannot give the food here like that they but i never stop and I started to convince the traffic and police, everybody, oh, she's doing so good work and we should support her. I, I give the police also like a water because sometimes they don't, don't know it. My police, everything is closed down. So I give them like a, you know, face shield and they are support. Uh, they get a lot of complaint from the leaders, you know, the government, because they couldn't do anything. You know, the local uh, leaders, they are sleeping in their house because frightened. And I was giving food for the poor people and in the street, and they are like a try to bend me. And then uh, they complain to the police station and should uh, uh, arrest, uh, uh, put her taxi inside because I had no car. So taxi, I take one taxi. But I was supported by one, one uh, police friend. Her name is Kiran Bazasare. She's a SSP. Huh. Okay, okay, go, Indira, you're doing good. And other police also. Are we like uh, you do, and if we are pretend we, do, we don't see like this, you know? So that. Uh, that way I just, um, you know, um, convince all my community people, you know, so that's my power, you know, and then I had a no fund and uh, every day I was uh, doing like a life, you know, when I give the food to the people and I was do the, I always do life and the people watch me and the people bring me rice, people will bring me oil and uh, people bring me money. And then all these things I feed, you know, from the Nepali people I raised within my own country, you know, they had a, poverty and they had a own problem you know people are losing business but they're giving me food and uh, all support and then so i able to do that <laughs> oh indira i had so many more questions but we're talking about 
you know energy sources and renewable energy you know like it seems like you're your own source of energy and passion like how do you keep going and do find the ability to do so much um it's quite it's quite incredible where would you say that kind of fuel keeps coming tonight and everybody called me ama ama is coming ama ko khana coming you know like i feel like so honored you know so and when i keep them put that seeing their happiness you know that makes me always inspired you know it's not like a, you know i'm not doing that oh i have to plan what i have to do and i know that i had a i got a covid also but i never sleep even in the covid time i was having a covid i'm eating well and i was eligible if i eat well and uh, so i i i will manage and then i went uh, uh and uh, because i had a pneumonia also a little bit of problem and then the, i called the police and then the in the uh it's a um it's called um force police uh there was a, a hospital very nice hospital and i start to work for the covid people also when i was a covid uh, patient so i was helping the covid patient there bringing food for them cleaning you know around because uh, the uh, everyone doesn't want to come inside so i clean the toilet you know so i didn't stop you know but i i have a very strong belief that uh if we do good uh nothing happen and never i frighten i could die you know so so always i eat you know even i don't feel to eat i eat well and i drink a lot of water so I manage it, you know. So, always I was like a bombing war. It's a war, you know, like a COVID also war. For us. And I always I think, uh, how to save these people? Like a rich people, they can stay in a house, they eat well, they go hospital. What happened to the street people and vulnerable people and prisoners? And uh, and I used to go in a soap, you know, like a where vegetable shopkeeper people. I ask them free food, uh, free vegetable, and I give it to the prisoners, and <laughs> I cook myself. So. and you know people you know if we do action we would do a good example people follow it so that's the i i see the sustainability also like you know like a community power you know so that was exactly my question you're absolutely right in so many ways it is a war right it's a, it's a war that's waging on ourselves because it makes us question everything where we've been in isolation for a long time um and and that's why i want to ask you and you mentioned this but what do you think the power of communities i know you said it's also a part of your vision to create this kind of sense of community that is able to organically you know um grow children that are you know healthier and stronger can you tell me a little bit about how, what you feel why we should value communities especially when we you know this war has been waged so the area about the like a power of community from the beginning you know that's why when i designed you know my children home also to open in village side uh, because also this is a you know one to sharing the my burden also in village one one side you know children will raise in a with a in a good environment and they socialize you know so they are communicate with the community people so people will you know the small place people will know so that's why i uh, established my children home in a community so community people you know we have a sustainability program in eastern nepal we have our own land you know people come to help us to planting you know so most of our like a food we we plant uh, grow ourselves in the eastern part of nepal in a, uh, in nepal also community people they come to work 
and they share also their food and they take also, we are not doing like a business, but uh, even we share our food to the community people. Uh, there is a river site also, all the club, they, uh, they, you know, they make a wall for the poor people. They all club. They have own like a you know riverside place. Also, they build and they build uh, some like a chill, uh, park, you know. But uh, themselves, their own community, but not for the poor people. So what I did, and I opened the like a playground for children from the slum area. They come to play, and then Saturday, and they eat there. So they feel healthy. Put some time. We give them fruits, and sometimes we give them like a you know a meat and rice like that because they love meat. What to do? I don't, I'm not going to poaching meat because this is something good for them and sometimes egg, you know. So, you know, I mean, uh, children doesn't have a, uh, in the Kathmandu nothing, you know. So, always I, my concept is to connect with the community, our children, not a wall. You know, if you go, uh, and in Saku home, we have no wall. There is also community children come to study. We have a school, primary school. And our children and community children, they study together. So inclusive, you know, so they respect each other. So our children have a friend that village, you know. So that's why I'm talking about the institutional care is uh, not good for the children. We, they are like, a, even the like a city children, they are out of, of the community. You know, they have a no friends, you know. Uh, I mean, only they go to school, a few friends they have, like a best friend, that's all. They, they are more isolated, you know. They are not like a raised, and they will be more like a selfish way they raise, you know. So always village gives the like a, uh, wilderness and kindness and helping each other and living in a community, you know, you know. So that's I see the potential in community. Uh, even the prison system in all over the world. Where I say that, if we have a every every country has a uh, like a village, more village, and uh, it, it will be the and more or less crowd in a city, and it will be the less crime. You know, more more uh, overcrowd, like a, like a big city, like a Kathmandu, more crime, and like a Bombay, Delhi, uh, like, you know, like a Shanghai, you know, like this, and a big country has a more crime than uh, the village, you know. So, uh, you know, to talking about the criminal justice, I would think that, you know, the, um, to reduce the crime, we, we need to have a more village, community type of, like a small village and, a, you know, like a you know, small, like a kind of all the service and a community should work together uh, to better make their own community, own roads, you know, what facility they do need. And that's the power of community, I think, you know. So, and I, I mentioned that also, you know, when I was working for the COVID time, all the community people, they came to help me, who knows me, who knows my work, they came to get together. Even then, that is not good, but a huge community I have network around around me. So they see that and then they came to help me and government could not do that, but uh, I able to do that. This is all about the community part. From your exchanges with everyone you meet, it's pretty, it's incredibly inspiring actually. Just create, you know, actually. I need to just create. I know they are, they do themselves, you know. Like, you know, Musher community, there is all women come together, you know, so. We support like a little bit, you know, like I create like a daycare center. I create, you know, when they have a flooding, big flood in Nepal, uh, we build the houses, like a mud houses, not so costly, 50,000. We build one house for the one room, you know. So we don't need like a big house also, you know, so for women, you know. And then uh, when we deal with them and when we go to meet them, and always they are together, you know, because they are beneficiary, you know. So, you know, 
just, you know, we are not giving, we empowering them together and they feel power and they help each other, you know. So automatically it's happening, you know. So that's the, my whole idea you know, about the community. It is my children's dignity and my dignity is my most vulnerable people dignity. And if we start to understand dignity, dignity and then really we can create a good world and you know, peaceful world and we respect each other, everybody, you know, live with the respectful, you know. It's not like, a, you know, we're just giving and someone like a bitara or poor people. Everyone needs a respect, self-respect, very important to create one good world and beautiful world. So that's I want, you know, through my story, through my people's story, people should understand to not to judging people, the name of racism, you know, name of caste, name of, you know, group. You're absolutely right. And this makes, it reminds me of something one of my friends taught me, which is, you know, this idea of vulnerability, to be able to have a safe space to actively make the choice of being vulnerable is probably one of the greatest steps of, of bravery and courage. And to have created those spaces where, you know, people, um, especially women, are, are willing to be vulnerable as opposed to feeling vulnerable or forced to feel vulnerable um, and stepping into that that is what really creates a community of power right because you're all collectively holding space for someone to be vulnerable in a way that you will lift them higher and that's it seems like you're creating that all over nepal that's it's a really honor to have um, shared and exchanged with you in there. Thank you so much. A beautiful smile. <laughs> and you digging me, you know. <laughs> I'm not a pre planner and I never write, you know, when I speak. And you always digging me. <laughs> and thought to flow. <laughs> so thank you so much for your very good, very supportive uh, question, you know. Thank you so much. I think that's that's a beautiful way to end. This podcast is brought to you by the Asia Society India Center. To know about Indira's work and the other information referenced in our conversation, click on the show notes. If you liked the episode and want to hear more stories about the Asia 21 young leaders from South Asia, do subscribe to the Samavaya podcast. Information about Asia Society India Center and the Asia 21 Young Leaders Initiative can be found in the description. Follow the Asia Society website and social media to get regular updates on their work. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode, and I will see you in the next one. This podcast was produced by the Asia Society India Center and sound engineered by Nakul Agarwal.